Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading medical and security risk management business. I'm Chris Giles. Well, this is the podcast where we provide you with timely analysis and tactical insight for your organisation. And in this episode, we're focusing on the forthcoming elections in Turkey, which are due to take place on the 14th of May. President Erdogan speaking recently at an election rally in southern Turkey. He's been in power for more than 20 years. But recently he and his ruling Justice and Development Party, the AK Party, have seen their popularity undermined by perceived mismanagement of the country's economy and the emergency response following the earthquakes in February. Well, that raises the possibility of a presidential runoff vote, which, if it happens, is expected to take place at the end of May. To find out more about the vote and the security challenges it raises, I'm joined by Polina Vinogradova, International SOS's lead security analyst covering Turkey. So I know you've been paying close attention to what's been happening in the run-up to these elections. Could you tell us a bit more about the background to this vote and who's in the running? There are four main presidential candidates, but two of them are considered the main contenders, the incumbent president Erdogan and the leader of the opposition, Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu. So right now, country is in the campaigning period, which started on 31st of March, and this father security situation has remained relatively calm. We have seen some isolated instances of attacks on political party offices, but this have remained relatively low level. Otherwise, the security situation relatively stable, but this is accompanied by heightened political tensions in the lead up to the elections. What appears to be driving those political tensions at the moment? So this is going to be a very close race between Erdogan and the opposition leader, Kiris Daroglu. If we look at the polls, they show a very small gap between the two candidates, which reflects the fact that it is going to be a very tight race and it is very difficult to predict who is going to win. So there's a considerable uncertainty there. Erdogan still enjoys considerable public support, but at the same time, his cabinet faces public backlash over the economic downturn and received mismanagement of the emergency response during earthquakes in February. So the voting will take place on 14th of May. But if neither of the candidates, the main contenders, have enough votes, so basically one of them has to get more than 50% of votes to be able to win the first round, if that doesn't happen, there's going to be a runoff, which will take place on 28th of May. And basically, in case of a runoff, this political tensions, the political instability will essentially be extended into, well, beginning of June. Now, you mentioned that President Erdogan's popularity has been waning because of his perceived mismanagement of the country's economy and the emergency response following the earthquakes in February. But do we know how those issues might influence the way people will vote in these elections? So, unfortunately, there is a lot of uncertainty around that, as I mentioned. Very difficult to predict the voting patterns. We know that there is a certain segment of country's population, the water base of Erdogan and the ruling party that still support them, regardless of the economic downturn, regardless of the perceived mismanagement of the emergency response during earthquakes. So that's why we still assess that Erdogan has solid support among his voters. But at the same time, 
Kirish Daraglu equally was able to, to rally public support, pointing once again those issues about the economic crisis and the earthquakes. So that uncertainty, once again, makes it very difficult to predict which way the elections will play out. So you've been assessing the security challenges going into this election. What impact are they likely to have when the preliminary results are released on the 15th of May? We anticipate demonstrations, regardless which side loses. Even if it's opposition, like for instance, the opposition leader, Kirish Daraglu, loses the elections, likely he is going to denounce the election results, allege electoral fraud. There is a possibility for opposition-led anti-government protests around that, particularly in the provinces that are considered the traditional strongholds of the opposition, so in the west of the country. But the risk of more widespread unrest, more violent disruption is higher if Erdogan loses or uh, the ruling Justice and Development Party lose the elections. And that is because Erdogan is unlikely to accept defeat. And in the event, if he calls for the annulment of the results or he pushes for the elections rerun, he's likely to rally his supporters. And if he does that, First of all, we we are going to see well-attended demonstrations by his supporters in central provinces in the country where kind of consider his traditional stronghold. And then also in provinces where both Erdogan and Kilijudaraglu at the same time have a lot of supporters in these provinces where the risk of election-related disruption is the highest. So we're talking about provinces like Istanbul, like Ankara. There's a large concentration of supporters backing rival candidates. And that means if there are rallies by rival supporters taking place in close proximity to each other, there's a high chance for clashes between these rival supporters. Security forces are liable to use heavy-handed measures to disperse gatherings that include use of tear gas, water cannons, arbitrary detentions, all of which poses considerable risk to bystanders. If political tensions escalate, there is also a chance of a spike in attacks on political party offices across the country. They will target those political interests, rival political interests, but of course anyone who finds themselves in the vicinity will be exposed to the associated risks. So given what you said, what sort of escalatory triggers should clients be monitoring over the election period, and especially if the result ends up being disputed? The main trigger, I would say the most obvious one, is if Erdogan contests the presidential or parliamentary election results and presses for a rerun, right? So he rejects the result, he pushes for a rerun, he would need to have the justification, right, why why he's not accepting. So if we see allegations, for instance, by Erdogan that foreign countries have some, somehow intervened in the elections results, and hence this is the reason why he doesn't accept the results or their legitimacy, that's another indicator, especially if we start seeing reports of targeted harassment of certain nationalities. Apart from that, other triggers include large-scale demonstrations occurring only on on, on a daily basis. So prolonged demonstrations, both by Erdogan supporters and opposition supporters in main urban centers. Separately, if there is attempt to detain or detention of leading opposition figures, particularly Kilish Daraglu or other presidential candidates, also a significant trigger. And there is an underlying threat 
of militancy across the country during the election period. So, for instance, if Kurdish militant groups denounce the attempts to undermine the electoral outcome and pledge for retaliation or pledge to conduct attacks, that would be another trigger. And finally, Polina, what do you think managers should be looking out for before and after the election? So first thing first, closely monitor developments. The, the importance here is to use reliable sources. We do monitor the situation on the ground very closely, issue regularly um, alerts with advice, with assessment, warning about potential disruption. Separately, managers need to ensure that emergency and business continuity plans are up to date and account for potential disruption that might accompany the, the election period. Separately, it's also crucial to brief the workforce about the risks surrounding the elections and make sure that they have reliable means of communications and know whom to contact in case of emergency. And finally, managers need to ensure that in-country staff has access to secure accommodation away from hotspot locations. By hotspot locations, we typically mean locations in urban centers where protests may happen. So it's typically large public squares in in a city center, government buildings, embassies, political party offices also. So that's where if, if political tension escalate, that's where we're likely to see most of the disruption. And that's why when choosing accommodation, it's best to find in, in a neighborhood where it will be relatively remote and, and, and hence safer and more isolated from this, this type of disturbances. Okay, Polina, thanks so much for your insights and analysis. Of course. And a reminder that you can keep up to date with all the latest information and updates throughout the election period from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But for now, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.